Hello and welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. We're back in action, lads. I've got giggles here with me this evening in a beautiful, a plum colour sports jacket. Could you call it plum? It says maroon nearly, Liam. You nearly say I was sporting Galway this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be, be a surprise. I've also got Shawnee here with me this evening. Shawnee's on his phone in his Gary Owen top Beautifully crafted by O'Neill's. You look lovely, Sean. You got two O'Neill's tops on. I got two O'Neill's tops. Yeah, big wear of the O'Neill's. I love yeah, the O'Neill's. You always go around my O'Neill's. <laughs> yeah, and he even told us he wore it to bed last night. That's <laughs> how, that's how much he loves it. Um, so we're back. We had a bit of a break last week. We were going to come last week, but then we said, "Look, no, let's be in the middle of the the build up to the Munster and Leinster finals this week. Strike while the iron's hot. We need a little bit of a break after we went on some run there. We had I think five or six consecutive weeks, which was a bit of a record for ourselves." So it's great to be back in action here tonight. And we're, 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 we're amateur podcasters. We're not professionals. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not hopefully, yet. hopefully soon. We can and, up to and, day job. And not forgetting our big, um, our big uh, exploits in the, in the Victorian GA Championship as well. Oh yes, since we last were on, we have won the the Victorian State Championship. Carry on beating Wolf Tones in the final by two points. Yeah, we we were we were we were praying for a wet day. We got a wet day. We. Our, our, our wing back Kevin Courtney a Wexford man in fairness to him held Aaron Cunningham scored us from play who was our big threat we, the game finished 12 points to 10 so you can argue for the neutrals it wasn't a beautiful spectacle now but uh, it was definitely there for the backs if we've got two backs here I'll have to give them all the credit for winning the championship but our six backs in total were like a swarm all day and they just crowded out the Wolf Tones forwards and we got the win in the end so it was brilliant your championship hurling, yeah, it was yeah. great, great into the year. <laughs> yeah, great into the year. And look, we actually hope we can get Aaron on the show. He has gone off to warmer weather, but off to America to hurl for the moment. He will be back hopefully in the next couple of months. We might get him on the show towards the end of the uh, end of the championship. We might he might touch on how he's experienced hurling in Australia, but he's off to warmer climates for the moment. So we wish him all the best. Um, look, we've got a lot to get through on on, on tonight's show. We have a preview of the Munster final, preview of the Leinster final. And we're also going to touch on Kildare. But first up, we were delighted giggles. We had we just spoke to, to Brendan Bugler. He pre-recorded this interview for us earlier. A friend of yours back in, in UL and former Clare All-Ireland winning hurler. Two, two-time All-Star and arguably a man to challenge John Milan, or challenge John Milan for fist pump of the championship uh, over the last number of years, Brendan Bugler. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, we've got lots coming up in, in today's show. Um, no Giggles Corner this week. Also, just an update on our predictor competition. We ran a competition before the start of the Munster and Leinster Championship to predict the final standings of Munster and Leinster. We got, I think, nearly 40 or 50 entries. I've started to crunch who's who in the zoo in terms of who's actually won it. Leinster's a bit is more straightforward, but there are so many variations of Munster. We're trying to reconcile who's actually won the bloody thing. I don't think anyone's got it exactly right, but we have two or three who are very close, so we're trying to come up with some criteria as to who's actually won it. The prize will be a G'day GAA zip-up top made by O'Neill's. Nice. So they're currently being <coughs> made as we speak, and the winner will be getting a G'day GAA top of their size shipped to them anywhere in the world. Handcrafted. So handcrafted up in, <laughs> up in the north. The, the, the results are currently sitting with uh, Liam's fiance at the moment, who is actually an accountant, so she's just running the numbers. She's crunching the numbers for us there now, so she could be at that for the evening. So hopefully we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have an answer on next week's show. So look, we get into it here now. And up first is 
Giggles with Brendan Bogler. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a former teammate of mine. Um, we, we nearly won a UL Fitz, Fitzgibbon Cup with UL, only to be undone by Davy Fitz himself back in 2005. But I'm delighted to be joined by Brendan Bugler from Ireland. Welcome along to the show, Bugs. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great to be on the line. Sorry. I haven't been talking to you in a while now. We've we've got some fond memories back in UL, but we won't we won't go into them on this show. No, no, no. We'll keep them for off air, buddy. We'll keep Killaloo aside. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And uh, an old episode in the stables as well back in the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But listen to me. We've go got on about that one. I do, I do, I do. Okay, fair enough. We'll keep both secrets to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to me we've got Clare and Cork coming up in the Munster final this weekend um, it's going to be a cracking match but before we get into that give, give us your view now as like a man who just retired within the last 12 months on the Munster Championship this year yeah look I think it's been uh, I think it's been a breath of fresh air being honest with you um, the quality of hurling the games the excitement I suppose the sport um, within the counties, generally, has been has been absolutely fantastic. And um, you know, from a Clare point of view, to have played four games and four games of the quality that they've played, and to be a supporter sporting them now and going to the games, it's just been it's just been an absolute breath of fresh air. I think it's been fantastic um, from a supporter's point of view. I can see uh, why certain counties might be a little bit aggrieved with the whole fact it's four games in four weeks because I think physically they're fine all bear if they pick up injuries but mentally the mental preparation that's needed to build yourself up for a game the actual game itself and then to come down afterwards you know and then you know it's not really until probably Tuesday or Wednesday until you're kind of right again and then you're expected to build up again for the following weekend so from a clear point of view you know they were very very lucky this year they had two weeks and then they're off for a week and then they had two weeks and I think that has stood some big time but um, look at it's been a fantastic Munster, Munster Championship so far definitely Yeah no I agree I agree with you and I think as a Watford man, I was looking on at the start and I was kind of worried like because you missed the first week and you're coming in against a team who's got a, a, a kind of game played already and that was pretty evident the day but Watford went in to Cusick Park. They just got obliterated, albeit they, they, they had a the few injuries. Uh, but then Clare had the, a good performance, you'd have to say, against Cork but just didn't kind of close it out in the last five minutes. The win against Watford had the break and then they, they went on the next two games and they've won the last two games. Yeah, look, from, from, I suppose from a water point of view, you know, you can definitely, definitely feel massively agreed. The fact you've had no home game, you know, and I read somewhere there yesterday where maybe the water home games could have been brought to the likes of Nolan Park, for example, which would have been a little bit nearer to, to Waterford than coming all the way up to Limerick. You know, maybe there's, I suppose, uh, a question there next year going forward. But um, look, you've seen how many teams... I got the victories when they were at home, right? It's a massive advantage. And that day when we played Waterford, it was the crowd that really, really got behind Clare. And I know Waterford were, were, were very unlucky with injuries and whatnot, but it was the crowd in Cusey Park. And again, the last day, the, the home crowd in Cusey Park just drove the whole team. It's like, like I know it's cliche and everything else like that, but it was 
they were literally the 16th man, you know. And um, look, it's been it's been it's been great so far, and hopefully we'll finish it off um, finish off a great monster championship on on Sunday with a win. Yeah, no, look, I, I won't be shouting for Cork, I can tell you that for a fact, but I will be shouting for the matter. But going back to yourself, Brendan, like you only retired last year. Would you have loved to play in a kind of a Munster Championship atmosphere like this or would you prefer the old kind of format yourself? I know, definitely. I would have first played in, in something like this. But I suppose for myself, my own point of view, I, I knew last year was what was going through my last year. Like when you're, when you're struggling to keep up with, the, I suppose, with the younger guys, with the faster guys. And, and there's other things going on in life too as well and, and you have to prioritise things. So last year was always going to be my own last year in my head. But then when this format came in, you were thinking, oh, Jesus, you'd have loved to have played I suppose one more year and to, and to sample it because ultimately it's all about games and, and that's what the players really really want they want games 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 and I can remember you know a break I don't know what year it was but there was a break between league and championship and it was almost nearly 12 weeks Yeah. you know and as a player that 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 that, that period between league and championship when the training ups the level you know to go I suppose 12 weeks without a competitive game that can be just pure energy sapping like while you know this year teams had only you know a few weeks in Clare in fairness to Clare I thought they got a bang on this year the county board they they decided to, to, to cancel all the club championship games in April and that has helped the county senior team big time and from a club player as well point of view you know we know now the championship is starting late August or September you know depending on how Clare go obviously in the in the All-Ireland series but um, that has definitely stood to us and you look at the likes of Tipperary down the road for the month of April, they played two. Some players, even Jew players, played three, four championship games, and um, with the club, and they had very little time together to train uh, as a team collectively. And I think that, you know, that 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 that, that, that went against them then uh, in the Munster Championship. While, all as I said, we had four weeks. I think it might have been even five weeks to prepare, and um, and it's it's paid off. Yeah, no, I, I think I think we've talked about that as well. The tip, the tip county board didn't do their own county team any favors by putting their their county players through that club championship, especially given the fact the tip had won in Ireland Ireland two years ago to the semi final year before, then ran them uh, full to the league final, and then threw them into the club championship. They 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 looked like a tired team, which which is fair to say, but. We we won't talk about Tipperary. They've been talked about enough over the last two years. But come here to me. What what's the atmosphere like down in the banner? Like we have had no monster championship, no monster win since nineteen ninety eight. Things must be getting ex- a little bit excited down there. Ah, uh, Gigas, it's it's absolutely unbelievable, and and the weather here as well is just. I suppose it's it's adding to the whole occasion again. And we had a similar summer like this back in two thousand and thirteen, and. And in 95, ever knows the summer weather-wise, we had absolute scorchers. And maybe it's an omen, I don't know, but hopefully it is. <laughs> um, but the whole, the whole buzz around the place is just, it's just unbelievable. Like, and, 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 and I can, for the first time, I can actually really, really enjoy it as a supporter, you know. And uh, like, look, we were in a Munster final last year with a level of optimism. And um, I suppose the belief in the county is totally different this year. The, the support is back. Uh, last year we were outnumbered seven or eight to one. This year definitely going to be fifty fifty, and I would be surprised if we outnumber Cork. Um, with the, I suppose with the talk around the county, everyone seems to be going to the Munster final at this stage. So uh, everyone is behind the team again, and um, and it's just it's just a really really great buzz around the place. Yeah, there's definitely something with the hot weather and the clear wind of the championships. Anyway, we we definitely realise that, and I remember nineteen ninety five well. So please please God, it it serves you well, but. If you, if you think about it though, ever since he bet Cork in that 2013 All-Ireland final, and even if you think about the Munster semi-final that year, they've kind of had a bit of a hoodoo over Clare, and 
clear teams have been expected to beat Cork over the years and just haven't done it. Like, wh- wh- why do you think that that is, Brendan? I I I don't know. Being honest with you, like it's not like we've gone out and um, purposely played. Well, I think Cork just it's out. I suppose uh, out taught us tactically um, a couple of those times, and they seem to be just that little bit hungrier. Um, I know what you're talking about the league, the league, or the, sorry, the Munster semi final in 2014, and then we played again in 15, and um, you know they seem to get the better of us, whatever. But um, last year, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know, Claire really messed up tactically. There's no question about. It. I think if we if we just got out, if we played our own game, um, we'd have beaten Cork. Instead, we put too much emphasis really on Anthony Nash and his puck out, and we literally conceded so many puck out. Um, he was getting the ball, he was hitting it to the cornerback, and the cornerback was allowed to take it forward, so he was able to get, a, I suppose, a shot into the full forward line, and they kept getting. I suppose, joy out of that, whether it was frees that were being uh, won by Cork in the full forward line or just open points from play. And we didn't seem to cop up. We didn't seem to have a plan B. But I think we've learned from our mistakes from last year. And you could see it in the in the first round of the championship this year. We didn't concede the puck outs as easy. And even if we did concede the puck outs to the cornerback, he wasn't allowed to take it as far. So he'd be able to deliver to the full for- his full forward line. Do you know what I'm saying? Our, our corner forwards were... We're, we're closing up that little bit more. So, um, yeah. No, I think I, I think both teams have that they have that want to get the ball into their full forward line. Whether it's Cork with Horgan, Harnady, and they had Alan Cadigan in there. They had they have your man um, Kingston in there now as well. And yourselves, you've got Shane O'Donnell. You have John Conlon, who's probably in line for hurler of the year at the moment. You've Conor McGrath when he comes on. You've got Podge. Like both teams in a full forward line have serious options altogether. But like I, got, I suppose when you when you think about that, then what do you think the key matchups are for this weekend for yourself? That'll be the key battles that'll win or lose the Munster final. Well, I think one key battle is going to be um, the full back, full forward, our full forward, John Conlon and um, and Cahillan full back. That's going to be because John. He's playing absolutely out of his skin. Um, and as you just said there, he's, he's definitely in line for Hurl of the Year at the moment. If they were picking Hurl of the Year in the morning, you'd have to give it to John. So, um, Claire, this year, they were playing to our strengths. And our, one of our strengths is getting the ball in good and quick and diagonally if possible in, in on top of John. So, um, you know, uh, Cahillan is going to have to, he's going to have his, his boots full there. You know, around the middle of the park the last day as well, I think Cork got the better of us. You know, we have a new man in there in Cahill Malone. Tony's gone, 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 gone to the half-forward line. Tony's last day against Cork couldn't seem to get him on the ball, but since he's gone 11, he seems to be getting on the ball that little bit more. So I think around the middle of the field is going to be is going to be uh, absolutely crucial. And we know the Cork have pace around the middle of the field in Cooper and in... Um, um, what's the other guy? Uh, Daniel Kearney's wing forward. Fitzgibbon, and you've got your man. What's his name? The young fellow. Fitzgibbon, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fitzgibbon Millet Field, you know, he was he was awesome the last day when we uh when we played him. So um midfield play, I don't think there's gonna to be too much marking. It's gonna be about who can win the breaks around that area better. And uh Cork beat us there the last day, but I think I think we might have the edge there uh on Sunday. Yeah. Go, going back to look at them maybe if we if we talk about the half back line for a second in Clare, right? We we've been probably highly critical of the Clare half back line in this podcast over the last few few weeks. And go back to 2013, there was yourself, there was there was Conor Ryan who was man of the match in Ireland final, there was Pad Donlan who was playing the sweeper role, there was um, the captain and now he's gone back to cornerback. 
we, we've been a bit worried about the Clare half back then. We've been worried about the Cork half back then as well as a platform. And you know yourself, folks, the platform and half back line sets up every single attack for the team. What's your opinion on the Clare half back line this year? And do you think it's an issue? Yeah, I think. Uh, no, I don't. To be honest with you, I think um, I think we have options there. Number one, like like James Shannon got married the match last day against Limerick. You know, I know that uh, the Limerick sending off kind of seemed to play into our hands because when they took off their corner forward and brought on Richie McCarthy, Spearman at the back, we had Jamie uh, Spearman at the back, the other end, and and Jamie is is an excellent reader of the ball. Uh, his distribution is second to none, and he plays that loose role, that sweeper role, absolutely superbly. So he's playing really, really well. Connor Cleary's coming into it every game. Um, every game that goes along, he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And um, and then I suppose it's a toss up. We don't know who's going to be playing on the other wing yet. Yeah. It's either going to be Shane Amory or Dave Fitzgerald. It all depends on where Shane comes through a late fitness test um, on Friday night. So um, it's more than likely probably will be Shane. But Shane is a great player, great pace. And um, so I have no worry whatsoever about Desire Hatback. Yeah, I know I, I'd agree with you on that one. Like we, we love, I, I, love, I love Shane Amory as a player. He's whether he's cornerback, wing back, midfield, it doesn't matter. He attacks the ball, he's got pace, he can man mark, he can strike, he can score points. He's a serious player. And I think Conor Cleary is probably just, maybe he's just putting himself under a bit of pressure. We thought David McInerney actually might be the centre back for the year, but obviously he's full back. Davey, you know yourself, he can play anywhere the whore. He's, he's just such a talented player. But um, yeah, I think if Clare can, can get a foothold in half back line and stop Nash's puck out, I think that they've got a great chance. Absolutely. But if, if you go back to yeah, me, 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 go on. Sorry, Brendan. No, you, you were just saying a bit about Dave McInerney. Like they tried, Claire did try that in the league. They tried Conor Cleary full back. They tried Dave McInerney uh, centre back. But I think the both of them seem more comfortable um, when Conor is at six and when Davies at three. It didn't quite work in the league. The management, uh, you know, addressed it and uh, and they went back and I think Davy seems to be a bit more comfortable and he seems to be for funny enough for a full back he seems to nearly get on more balls full back than he does actually uh, centre back and Connor is definitely a lot more comfortable centre back so I think that was a good switch we've tried that you know Davy out centre didn't quite work in the league but um, I think we've started it out now yeah no I, I agree with you on that you, you, you'd imagine David McInerney with the amount of hurling he has and the pace he has and the striking he has would be your perfect centre back but it actually just didn't seem to click for Davy at centre back and when he goes back into the full back line he's like a magnet the ball just hits him no it, it, it's a funny one isn't it because you'd imagine yeah. he's perfect centre back but inter-county is a funny game but I suppose if, if you can describe to us then um, let's we, we've been trying to analyse I've been I've been accused of a lot of clear people over here in Australia Bugs you, you'd be delighted to hear the been aggressive with me in terms of my criticism of Claire sometimes but I've, I've kind of described them as kind of half pregnant you know they don't know where their game plan is going like can, can you describe to me like sometimes they're brilliant and when they destroyed Watford they're brilliant when they destroyed Limerick they're brilliant what, what's their actual core game plan is it to get the ball into the full forward line is it a total hurling or, or, or what would you say or what, what would you describe as their total game plan I don't know if there's such thing as a total game plan because, you know, every every game is going to be, you know, you're going to play to your strengths. And as I just mentioned earlier, like, you, we are going to be a lot more direct if John Collins is going to be full forward. But if John Collins is out in the half-forward line and we've three, I suppose, guys in smaller and stature inside the full forward line, well, then I think we're going to work the ball a little bit more. We're not going to get it as direct. If Peter Duggan then is inside the full forward line, see, that's the thing this year. We have options with two big men. And we can rotate them in Peter Duggan and in John Collins, put them in full forward. They, they seem to rotate anyway themselves. Yeah. So 
last year, neither of them, John Collin was winged forward last year. Peter Duggan wasn't on the team. So we have two massive options there to allow us to go a little bit more direct. But game plan as such, look at, I suppose, just look at opposition as well that you're playing. Um, and you have to look at, I suppose, where your own players and what positions they're playing in. So I couldn't tell you what players' game plan is as such. Um, you wouldn't be letting the secrets out anyway, folks. <laughs> Well, there's no real secrets to let out, really, you know. Um, they're playing a good brand of hurling. They're not playing with a sweeper unless they have to. Uh, like it was Limerick that um, instigated the sweeper the last day. That seems to suit Clare down to the ground because we have very, very good stick players at the back that can work the ball around and um, and then try, hopefully, work it up as far as the likes of Tony or Galvin who can throw the ball over the bar from any place. So, um, look, there's one thing we have, and that's options this year, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it's a ser- there's a serious panel there. There's a serious panel on the Cork side as well, but I guess, where would your biggest worry be from from the Cork perspective, Bugs, looking at it uh, like totally objectively? Where, where would you see they could hurt Clare? I, I, you have to look at the forwards. Like, yeah. uh, the one thing the forwards have pace and 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 you know yourself giggles from from when you're 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 playing yourself um pace is absolutely key you know and okay play, Claire played Tipperary um I don't think Tipperary have the same pace up front as Cork have I don't think Limerick have the same pace up front so that's one area I suppose the Cork full forward line the likes of you know Horgan uh, these guys Kingston these guys have serious serious pace Harnedy when he gets on a run as well um, so you'd have to say, you know, we, we, we have to work really, really hard around the middle and try to limit the amount of ball going into those guys in, in their foot forward line. Yeah, no, I think, I think yeah. That, like, Patrick Hogan has probably been criticised over the years for his probably lack of work rate and lack of heart, but, like, at the end of the day, he's one of the top scorers in the All-Ireland Championship of, of all time, and you give him a flick of a second and he, and he puts it over the bar. Like, I, I might bring you back before, because... Before we get on to predictions for the weekend, I know you're going to go for Clare, but I'll ask you anyway. But go back to 2013, Brendan. Last minute of the All-Ireland first final, the first game, Patrick Horgan puts the ball over the bar to win the game. What, what were your thoughts in that moment? Yeah, it's funny. I, like, um, I wasn't on Patrick Horgan that day, but for whatever reason, for that last sideline that was taken, he was the nearest man to me, and I actually was the guy that went to him. So the ball came to him, and uh, sure, his first touch was savage. Took the ball up, and I stayed behind him. And I was thinking to myself, "Geez, don't give away a free, don't give away a free. If you give away a free, he puts it over the bar." All right, yeah. <laughs> everyone be the same. You know yourself, like. So uh, I stayed with him, stayed and tried to get the hook in, tried to get the hook in, did my absolute best, caught it the hook in, but I don't know how, and I still don't know. I watched it numerous times. I don't know how he managed to get the swing off, and. Uh, and get it over the bar. He did, and it was just, it was an unbelievable score, but I personally would have been kicking myself because I was the man on him and nearest to him because prevented him scoring. So, at that stage, I was like, oh, Jesus. You'd have, like, I was thinking, it's gone now. It has to be gone. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, then, they get a sideline. Um, should have hit into the corner, but right, but they didn't. Uh, you know, uh, went for the score, went wide. Next thing I seen, Dolan Dullivan take off up the field. I was like, what the, is this guy at? Like, his man was way behind him, like, you know. And so we basically, they had three full forwards and uh, against our two backs and Dunny tearing off up the field. Like, will you come back, will you? But anyway, <laughs> the ball fell to him anyway and, and, uh, and went over the bar. The rest so, is history. Yeah, so, as, 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 as
yeah, yeah. And I, I think, look, Patrick Horgan, like I've watched him, and he's like, you have to admire the level of skill that he has. I think he's probably, possibly the most skillful oh, player no, in the game. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. You can't give him an inch. He's, you know, very much in the line of Owen Kelly, for example. You know, um, or just unbelievable skillful ball. You know, if it's coming, he can, he can shoot facing the goal. He can shoot with his back to the goal, and, and, and either way, it doesn't make a difference. The ball is more than likely going to go over the bar. He's just one of those forwards, I suppose. That they don't come around too often anyway. And um, he'll, I, you can say, I don't know what he's won, but um, I suppose in comparison to, I suppose Cork legends down through the years, he might not have won as much in Munsters or in All Ireland or whatever. But he definitely, definitely go down as one of the greatest Cork players ever. No doubt about that. And Brendan, I'm going, I'm going to ask you your opinion on a few things now. We, 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 I know you're, you're tight for time there, but your predictions this weekend and by how many points will Clare win? Yeah, look, I am going to go with Clare. I think, look, Cork management during their first year, Clare management during their second year, you know, the sign of a good management is when you learn from your mistakes. And I do think now that finally we've learned from our mistakes that we would have made last year. Um um, and we're playing really, really well. So I'll have to go clear by. We never beat Cork by, by much anyway. So clear by three points. Clear by three points. We'll take that one. Um, just, just two other po- topics that we're kind of going to t- cover this weekend. Before we get on to Leinster hurling, uh, a good friend of ours, a good friend of yours, a good friend of mine, he, he trained us back into Fitzgibbon. Keen O'Neill made a big stance on the television during the week back in Ireland. We've been watching it over here. What, what was your take on that? Yeah, yeah, Keno, sure, gas man, but. Yeah, no, I'd have to say, you know, I think he was he was a hundred percent right, you know. He I suppose he showed that leadership to come out and back his stairs. His stairs obviously wanted to stay at home and he made some really, really good points and he was very articulate in his in his uh interview that he did, you know, on RT and came across really, really well. And um look if they played two away games, they've gone to Derry, they've gone to Longford and now, you know, they he said they'd earned the right for a home draw. And fair play to them, you know, that they're after getting their home draw. But then again, the other side of it, you know, you have to look. Kieran Shannon had a great article there now yesterday in the, in the Irish Examiner just going on about uh, the facilities. And, you know, a similar situation happened to Loud back in 2006 where um, they were drawn to play Tyrone in the qualifiers. It actually ended up in a draw, but the game was moved from Drogheda to, uh, to Navan to facilitate the crowd. You know, there's no doubt about it that the grounds in Kildare um, is not up to the standard, I suppose, to facilitate the crowd that that. No, it's eight thousand or something like that, isn't it? Like that. Huh? It's, it's only about eight thousand. There'll probably be about twenty thousand Mayo fans travelling down. Never mind the Kildare fans. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. But look at this. There's any lesson to be learned out of the whole thing is, you know, county boards have got to get their acts in order. Um, and, and start updating the facilities. You know, we see in Waterford, Walsh Park, yeah. you know, it pay, look at, as a result, Waterford had a home game this year, now they're out of the, the championship. You know, the grounds in Kildare, all these other counties, you know, um, the way I suppose the championships are, are structured from now on with Super 8s and whatnot, um, you know, grounds are going to be, uh, going to have to be, you know, to an acceptable standard, irrespective of if you're, if you're a Division 1 or Division 4 team. So, I think counties just have to get their, their act together. Yeah, we all agree with that. So, jumping over to Leinster now, it's probably the lesser of the finals this weekend. Uh, I've got my co-host here looking at me beside me, Liam Lenhan from Kilkenny. He's, he's biting his lip here. <laughs> but we, we've had David Burke come out in the papers today, this week. You, you know David very well, Bryn from Fitzgibbon Hurling. But he says, Kilkenny still fear playing Galway. Um, do you think that that'll be a bit of a motivating factor for Brian Cody this weekend or do you think Galway are just unbeatable 
Um, no, I don't think anyone is unbeatable. But I definitely think Galway are, are the team to beat this year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, on any given day, um, you know, I know it's cliche on any given day, but it's true. Look, at Galway aren't invincible and they have shown certain uh, areas where they can be got at this year. But in relation to Kilkenny, a totally new Kilkenny team to the team that we really are used to, you know. Um, and it was a, a big, big surprise, to be honest, that Kilkenny went all the way and won the league this year. It was, it was a great achievement, I think, for Brian Cody to win with, with basically a new uh, team. Okay, he had the new kids, he had TJ and he had a couple of others, but um, it was basically a new team. But I think Galway are just uh, a good bit ahead of Kilkenny at the moment. I think they should take care of him. Um, I think they should take care of him the weekend. But I think Kilkenny, in a certain way, and it's, it's funny to say this, but Kilkenny going into that Linster final have actually nothing really to lose. And, and, and you can't really say that about many Kilkenny teams in the past. No, and, and there's kind of nearly a triangle there. If you if you take Clare and Limerick and Waterford out of it over over the past years, like Kilkenny have always had the upper hand on Galway. Galway have always had the upper hand on Tipperary and, and, and there's nearly a triangle there where they all beat each other. So I wouldn't be surprised either yeah. if Kilkenny put up a good show on this weekend, but I'd still probably fancy Galway myself as well, yeah. So in, in Yeah, you'd have to see it, Galway. Go on there, Brendan. Sorry, there's a bit of a delay well, on the outline, so you, you, you go there. You're okay, you're okay. Yeah, look, you have to say Galway would be would be a little bit ahead. Um, physically, more than that. And then the way Galway play, they're very, very direct. And uh, they have forwards physically to, to win their own ball. And I think they're they're, they're they're that little bit ahead of Kilkenny in that department, um, definitely at the moment. So so I know your prediction of a final already, Brendan. I don't even have to ask you that. It's going to be a clear Galway final, right? So if you had a clear <laughs> Galway final and the West is awake and you have the summer of 95 all over again, how, how, do, you, how do you see that on our final going? There's one thing in clear. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing in clear. We're not going to... We're not going to do. Uh, we're not going to be writing songs about our Ireland finals or anything like that until we actually get there. So we're we're only taking we're only taking this game, and um, I do think we'll get to another Ireland semi final. But I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely not looking past um, I'm definitely not looking past that and talking about our Ireland finals because um, you know you're there to be taken down if you're talking like that at this stage. That's true. That's true. Brendan, you've you've given us loads of your time. I know you're 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 working on the house there at home, are you? I am, and hopped up in the shelter here now, and uh, doing a bit of drawing, a bit of clay, doing a bit of groundwork around the house. So uh, it's no harm to hop off in this uh, this weather. It's just about twenty eight degrees over here at the moment. So Jesus, you don't know nice what to do with yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I can think of lots. I can think of lots. But Brendan, thanks, thanks a million for joining us on the call. It's been brilliant to have you on, and um, look forward to meeting you back in Ireland when I get back there for uh, next year at some stage. Maybe we'll be celebrating the Clare All Ireland final. Likewise, you guys give us a buzz and great talking to you, lads. Thanks for the invitation. Okay, man, take it easy. Bye bye. Okay, sound lads. Good luck, good luck. Like the legend of the phoenix, <laughs> all ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? Ah, uh, the force from the beginning. We're now done in past the injury time. Kelly has to go for distance. The referee doesn't blow his whistle. Ball comes out towards Dolan Dunaway. Clare have the ball. Patrick O'Connor sends it into the centre. They have to hold possession. The referee gets out of the way. Hand passes on. Dolan Dunaway is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match.
I have never experienced Barrett, anything like it. Blow it up, Brett. Blow it up. By Gavin. Blow up the final whistle. Surely he's looking at his watch and he's blown the final whistle. It's a draw for the second year in a row. Giggles, it was great to have a listen there to you speaking with Brendan Bugler, obviously a good friend of yours from your UUL times, he sold her together. Um, he's looking for Claire for the win. It's, it's hard as a Claire man not, not to go that way, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. It's, it's going to be a very tight game. Brendan spoke a lot there from the Claire point of view, and I think if you go back even to the round one of the Munster Championship, 72 minutes around the clock the game was a draw I think Cork were a point up I'm not sure so that's how tight it was and Anthony Nash delivered that puck out which was like the death defying puck out over the half back line Seamus Harney ran onto the ball picked it up which is a pre-rehearsed move from the Cork forwards and buried it in the back of the net and I think Cork won the game by 4 points or 5 points so there wasn't much between them in the first round. They've both gone on their, their equivalent journeys. I think Cork are undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, in the Munster Championship. Clare undefeated after that game. Everybody was thinking that Limerick were going to be in the Munster final. They just kind of, nobody saw Clare beating Cork, um, in, even though it was in Ennis. Everyone just expected Limerick to be there. I, I don't know why, but we've got Clare and Cork now in the Munster final. Um, Cork have Clare's number over the last four years in particular. It's going to be a very interesting play. And I suppose Brendan touched on a few points why he thinks Clare will win. He reckons they've got the full forward line. He reckons they've got a bit of experience now with Donald Maloney in charge. Um, and we, we just suppose we didn't talk too much about the Cork side. But, Shawnee, I'd be interested to hear your view from a Cork perspective why you, why you think, obviously, Cork are going to win. Yeah, no, yeah, obviously, I, I do think Cork are going to win. I mean, look, Cork have kind of... I guess there's a bit of bit of press around about Cork, and it's not as optimistic because I guess people probably think Clare probably have the momentum coming into this Munster final, having had such a good win over Limerick at home. But again, you have to look at the fact that Limerick were on was it four weeks in a row or three weeks on the trot, so there was a bit of fatigue there. So you could put that question mark over that game, uh, and plus it was home advantage. Cork, as you said, are unbeaten at the moment. Um, I think. I think they've started out their their centre back position. I know you you always you like to question the Cork centre back position, but I think they definitely have sent it, started it out this year. Um, be very interesting with the matchups. Uh, one particular matchup, obviously, as you mentioned, their their full forward line and Damon Callan. How he'll go with John with John Conlon. That'll be very very interesting. Now, John Conlon is predominantly a physical player. Callan is pr- like he's his biggest strength is his strength. So <laughs> I think that probably. That yeah. probably will be a good battle in there if he can just impose his strength on John Conlon, which is not too easy because he's just a, an explosive animal. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the game will be won and lost up there. But then again, when you look up in the Cork forward line, they just they have so many options up there at the moment. Like there's there's not been outside of Patrick Horgan, the forwards are kind of just coming in and coming out of games all all during the championship. And 
I think I think that's a, go- a good thing for Cork because I don't think they're relying on too much on one guy. I mean, I know Pat Horgan's our number one man, and he's but that's predominantly for freeze. We get a lot of yeah. we get a lot of look and scores out of freeze, so the freeze are going to come anyway. So and he'll you know he's going to put them over ninety nine percent of them over. It'll be interesting actually in the in the game as a whole. You've got Patrick Horgan who like. Free taking wise goes, he's probably one of the best in the business of all time. You have to say that, like, and we know the stories about him above in the Glen Rovers field at six o'clock in the morning, hitting sixty frees over the bar Monday, Tuesday, right through to Saturday. On the flip side, then you've got Peter Duggan, and Claire's one Achilles heel over the last few years has been their free taking. Yeah. They've had Tony Kelly doing it, they've had David Reedy doing it, they've had your man Colin Ryan, who was their good free taker in twenty thirteen, leave the panel. So they've had a big gap in a free taking perspective, and you know yourself. If you're not scoring your freeze, you're just missing genuine opportunities to kind of put yourself further ahead or catch up. And I think Peter Duggan has come in there this year and he's just been flawless with them. So there could be an element in this game where the team who gives away the least amount of freeze could actually sway the game a small bit as well. And it's going to be a fascinating encounter, I think, primarily as well because of the heat we're having in Ireland as well. We've had this record week of temperatures. Um, It's a sellout Munster final. Probably the first sellout in a long time, I reckon, because over mm. the last few years, where well, we've had good attendances, not unlike the hype around Munster that we've seen recently. And I think one of the criticisms coming in of this year's Munster Championship oh, won't be the same. And I know you put that to Bugler in your interview there as well. Yeah. It's a sellout, lads. Yeah. Which I think is testament to the games we've had so far have all been so good in Munster, bar maybe Clare and Imrick as an outlier. They've all been so close that there's real appetite in the hurling community, especially in the counties of Cork and Clare, to get along to Sunday to see how it goes. Now, just reading there, actually, John Fogarty has just put up an article just there over an hour ago that the Clare manager, co-manager, Donald Maloney, will not be on the line on he's suspended, Sunday. Yeah. He, he, it's been, his ban has been upheld. And that is not, you know, you don't read too much into these things. I know they have co-managers in Clare, but he's a big presence for them on the sideline. Um, what factor that would play? David Reedy's obviously is back, which is good to see justice was done there. Yeah. Um, I think he's a big boost for Clare coming into this weekend. Um, look, where this is going to be won and lost, I think, could be in both full back lines, like like we've alluded to. Yeah. Who gets out on top there if one, one forward line dominates? But also, I think we've talked about Tony Kelly. I was just about to say it. Yeah. Where is Tony Kelly going to play for Clare? We've seen him start at midfield and being pushed up to centre forward and probably being his most effective at centre forward. Do you reckon we're going to see him there on Sunday? Yeah. Or do you reckon he's going to start out on midfield? Yeah. I, I'd probably have an argument still with Sean about the centre-back position. I think Cadigan played centre-back the last day, his first game in the Munster Championship, and he was brutal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I think, I, I think Mark Ellis will be the centre-back. Ellis will be back. No, I think, I think Ellis was injured, in yeah. fairness to him. Um, and I, I, still, I still question the Cork spine. Um, we won't go into, Cad- or what's his name, Cahillan for a second, but if Tony Kelly is on Ellis or if he's on Cadigan or if he's on Joyce, I just see a serious mismatch in class there in terms of if Clare can get Tony Kelly on the ball or if Tony Kelly can get himself on the ball, he can just dictate the game from centre forward, whether it's scoring himself or whether it's from bringing other players into the game. Cork are going to have to come up with some plan and maybe I it might maybe it might have to be that Daniel Kearney comes back from half forward into the midfield and that midfielder drops in front of the centre back just to kind of protect it not as a sweeper but maybe even sweeping in front of the centre back to crowd it out but uh, Cork yeah. are going to have to address Tony Kelly at centre oh, forward def- definitely will and look if he's out midfield I wouldn't have too much worries about him I mean uh, Fitzgibbon has probably has had m- as much of an impact on the championship this year True, as yeah. Kelly has had. Yeah. So I don't think there's a worry there. I think I don't think Cork will be that naive either. I think they will have a plan for Kelly if he goes in deep. Um, they will de- certainly not leave leave Cahillan on him if he goes in there. They'll have a plan there for him. Um, and I'd say 
you'll see Daniel Kearney doing the same thing again, coming back very deep, doing a lot of work up and down that wing. Um, so, yeah, but he definitely is a man to be watched. And I think the likes of Kieran Murphy, Fraggy Murphy there on the line, he won't be... He'll definitely have a plan for, yeah. for something like that's going to happen. I think the, probably the best fellow to go back on him is probably... <sighs> If he goes into the full back line, you could put Colin Spillane on him. Spillane, yeah. You know, if he's in the half back line, um, I, I I think you'd still leave Ellis on him. I think Ellis is the less to stay with him. Um, he probably he probably doesn't have the hurling that Tony Kelly has, but not a lot of fellas in, in Ireland do no, like so. No. Um, I think you'd be okay there, but you probably would drop probably Bill Cooper back in front of the he normally plays that type of role and he is a defensive midfielder so mm. the one thing I, I'd look at though and I think from a clear perspective they may be like they're, they're definitely looking at it is like you look at Cahillan right you look at Conlon and Boogs touched on it earlier they're bo- or you touched on it earlier they're both physical players doesn't it not make all the sense in the world to play Shane O'Donnell back at full forward back where he was in 2013 all the final where he got mm. three goals yeah. marking a slower more kind of stable full back as Shane O'Neill was at the yeah. time Cal Lanz, a similar type of player and you think Jesus Shane O'Neill could go to town on Shane Cal Lan. Lan. Yeah. Or, or Shane O'Donnell sorry yeah. Shane O'Donnell yeah. could go to town on them but John Connell has been that main man for like he's been phenomenal yeah. outlet for them when they had to mix it up and go along he's yeah. been winning ball he's been winning frees and scoring I think that's part of his game that he hadn't always been up there is actually he's getting the points yeah. on the board from play. He's closer to goal too. He's closer course, to yeah. goal too, but like his physique, he's always been a big man, but this year I reckon he's gone to another level in terms of his physicality. He like It's his explosive power is yeah. just it's just gone like you didn't really see that out in, in, in the wing as much. You because saw his correct, physicality yeah. in the puck out. Put his explosive power no, but he because of the fact he's close to the goal, he just like yeah. he gets his I like watching and he him. just puts yeah. the I like head watching down. because there's not too many full forwards like that anymore. No. But the thing about it is like no matter how good you are, like and Patrick Hogan plays in the corner, right, but he plays fairly central. If you're playing up the centre up the centre of a team, you get on more ball than you do if you're mm. playing the corner by by, by gravity. That's why you play full forward. That's why I play in the full forward on the corner, yeah. <laughs> but 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 in general, like John Connell, as you just said there, Sean, he was playing on the wing for so many years and he can be frustrated on three or four puckouts mm. and suddenly they decide to change the trajectory of the play and John Connell is taken out of the game. Yeah. Whereas now he's full forward, he's a man mountain. Mm. If he misses one ball, the boys are gonna hit them the second ball, the third ball, and the fourth ball, and he can always kind of impose himself. So I think it just seems to suit him in there and without Donald coming off him but the one thing I'd say about the clear before they went to the Cork full forward and the clear Shane O'Donnell just has to take his points like he's been this goal hungry for his teammates like you would imagine like I, I put my hand in my heart I'd love to play beside him like because all he's doing is winning the ball and I handing it off to lads to get a score like you know absolutely, absolutely yeah like, that yeah. wouldn't be like me at all now I, I'd, be look, I'd be loving to come on the end of them now but someone has he, to put it over again yeah but he, but he should be doing it himself like he like he, he's a proven score getter he's like He's got a couple of yards on his man because of his pace every single time. I just don't understand why he's he's look he's, he's obviously looking to unlock that goal chance every single time. But Jesus, Shane, tap a few of them over the bar, mm. get your corner back worried, and then you'll un- unlock it. But if you flip it on the Cork, I was I think I was I don't know I was listening to during the week, but the Cork full forward line of whether it's Kingston in there, Harnady and um, Horgan, the three of them stand on the edge of the small six yard box. So like there's Horgan in the middle or Harnady in the middle. And the other two right on the six yard box. Do you know? So the opposite of what you traditionally be told as a corner forward. So as a corner forward, you'd be told stand on the sidelines, come in, attack the goal. Whereas Cork have played this game where they've left the space either side for either the three to make the run out, which is which is very intelligent. And the Cork three players then have the accuracy and the speed to kind of come up and just 
tap the ball over the bar, which is why they're getting probably 24, 25 points a game and maybe not two or three goals. They're only getting the one goal a game. I, I think this could be a shootout on Sunday. I think we could see it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. could see it being a very high scoring game. Not a lot of hard hits, probably a lot of free flowing hurling, considering the speed of both teams. Like pace of both teams is, is a big factor for yeah. them. And mm. I can see them, like they, they like to go work the channels yeah, exactly. rather than go true lads yeah. you know but what I mean so it's going to be fascinating on point there that, like that, that formation you see that a lot in the, in the, the Aussie rules here as well when, on kickouts when you're when the attacking team they'll all form up in like they call a pencil formation so they're all down the, the middle the ball is kicked and then they're just sprayed like mm-hmm. so they just they got no different Aussie rules because it's a bigger pitch yeah. wider pitch you can do it but it's obviously a, a perfect tactic for a really you know Highly, you know, a very la- a very fast forward line like that's yeah. perfect. And I don't think I, think, I know I chatted with the Brendan and maybe laboured on it a small bit, but the skill and risks and accuracy of Patrick Hogan can't be underestimated. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I go back to the Watford game of Cork, right? Let's just say Watford had beaten Tipper would have been a game in the mental pot. The game was level on seventy two minutes. Tommy Ryan, who was on fire one three for the day, about to open up the shoulders and deliver the winning point for Watford, and he was going home to Tallow thinking he was going to be a great man. I can guarantee you that. Got the block down. Patrick Horgan had a millisecond. One touch, bang, into the hand, risk gone, and straight over the bar from 80 yards. Yeah. Like, it's like it's not it's like a 20-yard flick, which yeah. is easy to do. It's 80 yards, and it's a flick of the wrists. The man's I don't think anyone else has wrists like no. him. Like, there's different players have different attributes. You could talk about TJ's catching ability, striking, yeah. Tony Kelly's stick work, but... Yeah. His wrists, uh, his wrists are, are, are phenomenal. I think best oh, in the game, yeah. Yeah, best in the game at the moment. But look, I'm going to keep us moving here in conscious of time. Predictions. Going to go to you first, Shawnee. A cork man we know. You've got your cork hat on. Oh. Take that off for a second. I'll take it off and I'll still put it back on again. Because <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> I said, no, but it's like, very cold here in Melbourne at the like, moment. I, I, you know me, like I'd normally call it. I've, I've called a few games against Cork this year, but... Um, I definitely think Cork are going to win this game. By what? I think they're going to win by uh, two points. Two points. Two points. Giggles. Tight call. Um, Sean has been very good in the predictions this year, so I'm low to go against him, but I'm going to go for the banner. I think Clare by four points. Um, uh, the, the, the summer heat, 95, 13, yeah. 2018. So it's the banner voice. So That's John Fogarty's tweet there. That 95, I, 2013, 2018. Yeah, no. <laughs> now, I'm actually going to go with... Buffy, be delighted. Yeah, yeah. Buffy, down. I'm going to go with Clare. I just think Cork have actually kind of stuttered so far in the Monster Championship. Games that they should have won, should have beaten Tipperary, didn't do it. Unbeaten. Shouldn't have, should have beaten Limerick, didn't do it against 14 men. Oh, I don't think they should have beaten Limerick. I think they should have lost that game. To yeah, but I mean, like, games that... They had high score advantages mm. on mm. and throw away. So I, I think they're not. I don't think anyone's going to get out in front by a big lead no. in this game. I can see it being kind of tip for tap. I think Clare will will shade it, but I think it's going to be a cracking game. Yeah. You I think, think on the law of averages, Clare haven't beaten Cox in twenty thirteen and Ireland final. They're due a victory yeah. anyway. Yeah, and 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 I know the law of averages don't. It's a fifty fifty game. No, but, but you're, you're yeah. it, it, things happen in cycles like that, though. You're right yeah, there. it can't go on forever. But look, we're looking Not forward. We, we, we have a bumper weekend. So the way we say we do it, the Munster final is the warm up for the Leinster final on Sunday. So we did the we did the preview <laughs> of the Munster final. final this weekend. We did the well. preview <laughs> here because it's the warm up for the preview of the Leinster final. So coming up next, we're looking at Kenny and Galway the real game on Sunday. <laughs> them like they do in texas please fold them let them hit me raise it baby stay
guy, Henry, stood up to a penalty. Toughest penalty he was ever going to face in his life, you know, everything riding on it. He just buried it, you know, and... And was it a penalty, Brian, do you think? Well, Dermot Kerwin certainly gave a penalty. I mean, I, I, if you want to start wondering about all of the frees in the course of the game, you'd have a fairly fairly busy time, as you think yourself, as a penalty, Marty. Well, I, I wasn't too sure, but it, it just seemed a little bit dodgy in, in the replay. I have no idea, Marty. Did you check all the other frees as well to see where they dodgy <laughs> also? Maybe you should. Maybe you should. In, in terms of the referee, did you, were you pleased overall? I'm sure you are now, considering you've won the All-Ireland. But did you think he allowed a lot to go? Oh, Marty, please give me a break. With, uh, the referee, uh, referee, we're supposed to say nothing about referees. I make a habit of saying absolutely nothing about referees. Terry McCurvin, I was, I'm certain in my head, was going out to be the very, very, the very best he possibly could be. You seem to have had a problem with him. You tell me. Okay, Leicester final, big game Sunday. We have a two o'clock throwing for the Munster final, four o'clock throwing for the Leicester final. That means eleven o'clock in Australian time and one a.m. Australian time. Oh, I'll be going to bed. I'm going to watch. I'm going to definitely. This sounds terrible, being a Kenny man. I'm off Monday, right? So I might stay up and watch. You watch Cork the Munster Claire final and go to bed. You watch the Munster hurling. I watch Munster hurling. You know what? When when that happens, you won't do it though, because you'll stay you'll stay watching it, and next thing you'll see the boys start talking about Kilkenny and Galway, yeah, and you'll I have know, to stay. Well, up. I'm up till three o'clock, so I'm kind of thinking I'm off the next day. I just won't turn on any phones or nothing. Nah, you, you'll watch it. I, I guarantee oh, you. Anyway, <laughs> that's an, that's an aside. But look, it's an intriguing game for a couple of reasons. Galway are red hot favourites. Let, let's be honest about it. Yeah. They've walked through <laughs> Leinster. They had a relatively easy win against Kilkenny without probably getting out third gear. They're two to five with the bookies. Two to five with the bookies. We've never really seen that, I think, in Galway Kilkenny. They've always had a very good rivalry over the last probably fifteen to twenty years. Probably since kinda two thousand and one onwards when Galway dumped him out in an Ireland semi final. And I know you referenced in the interview of Bugler about what Burke said about about Kilkenny yeah. that they always fear Galway. Being honest as a as a Kilkenny fan Kenny Galway are always a bit wary going into it because they have they are but I they don't have, know Jeez, yeah. coming out and saying that no that's what I'm saying they've, they've, they've often done us over but if you tot up to those games in the last few years Kilkenny probably about 11-3 yeah Kilkenny are well out <laughs> I know out in front. but like but, I, but the reverse of it though at this time is though Johnny is that they're the red hot favourites yeah like that has never been the case in a Kilkenny Galway encounter I'd say in that 15 year 20 years now. 20, 20 year period yeah. you know what I mean so it's like it's, it's perfect for Kilkenny. It's perfect for Brian Cody going into it. I still fancy Galway to win it on yeah. Sunday. Main reason being, I think it's that Galway half back line. I think we look at the last game. We had McInerney, Hart, and Mannion. Kilkenny at one stage had TJ Reid and Walter out there because they weren't winning any ball. Yeah. TJ and Walter got no change off the half back line. Two of our probably big, strong, marquee forwards. I think that's where that game is going to be won and lost from a Kilkenny point of view. Yeah. Galway will score. That's going to happen. They've got great forwards, but I, it's it's Galway's halfback. Then you alluded to a pug earlier into the launching pad yeah. for any team, and that's it's their best line. I think. Yeah. To be interesting now, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Richie Hogan line out at centre forward just to throw the cat amongst the pigeons because because Richie Hogan is the kind of guy who can take that short stick pass that's like from the middle of the field centre forward, take Mac and Ernie out of the game, and maybe if you TJ at wing and Walter at full, create that bit of space for the Kilkenny forward line, maybe Bill Sheehan or maybe Luke Scanlon or maybe John Dermody coming in on the breaks and they, they've got pace that they weren't able for the physicality of the Galway backs last 
last day but they played in Pierce Stadium the pitch was shocking for both teams for both teams to be fair but the pitch was tight this game's in Crow Park you could probably agree or or kind of suggest that it is suit Galway because they've kind of got maybe the more physical but it might suit Kilkenny as well because there's going to be loads of space and for the likes of Bill Sheehan or for Lou Scanlon they're going to have at least a little bit more room they're not going to get flaked by Dahi Burke the minute they get the ball they're going to have a little bit more space whether they'll be able to exploit the Galway backline like as you said the half backline is brilliant look at the full backline they've got Tuohy who's probably one of the most aggressive cornerbacks in the game at the moment they've got Dahi Burke who's the best fullback in the game at the moment and they've John Hambury who may, people regard as the weak link but Jesus he did a job in Brick Welch last year and he hasn't been cleaned yet so it, it's hard to see where Kilkenny are going to win this game but at the same time you just kind of feel a sense of is it just set up for Cody it just, it's beautiful setting up for Cody Galway Red Hot favourites they got a bit of a test from Dublin they arrested players that's not necessarily a good thing for the mind frame even though it's a good thing in this current championship when it's your fourth game in a row I, I, I don't know I, I see it being a, a lot tighter game than people yeah. imagine yeah I, I reckon so though I just like I've been really impressed with, with, with Kikini this year like I've been really impressed with Brian Cody it's probably the best, you know, the biggest amount of credit I would give him is, is from this year and what he's gotten out of that team. Like people say about all the All Irelands is one with the players he's had this year. He's had a limited amount of players, um, quality players, and like just the way they're able to stay in every single game. I know the Galway game, they, they were probably overpowered, and you say Galway didn't get out third gear, but I, th- I still thought they were like competitively, like like put a blanket over the scoreboard like competitively they were there thereabouts all the time and I think this weekend and Dahi Burke or is it da- David, David Burke, David David Burke coming feed, out yeah. on the paper I was like Jesus that's, that looks very bad for what me. did he say again there Shani for listeners if they haven't heard it <coughs> he said that like or Kikini always fear Galway like and that, and that loves being in the back of their minds I, I don't know what quote for quote mm. what he said but they're along the lines of it like but like this is the first time ever you just said they're their favourites and then he's coming out with this like and it's like, Oh, I don't know. If I was a teammate and I'd be like, Why the hell are we, mm. is he saying that? Yeah. And yeah. I know and I and I'm all for people coming out and being open with the media, like, but you don't want to be, you know, up in the opposition either. Like but in terms of like the players you named out there as well, like I'd have T J and if I was picking the team, I'd have T J on one wing, I'd have Walter on the other wing, two the the two best ball winners. For Kikini and I'd have Richie Hogan in the in the centre, as you said. Oh. Like you still have um inside the full power line you have Fenley inside there as well, like so. Well, Fenley yeah. mightn't be starting. It's, it's it, like there's <coughs> Fenley came back, came on and made a huge impact against Dublin and he started against Wexford and was taken off. Yeah. Like uh, it's the one thing about Brian Coy this year, he hasn't been afraid to make changes to his lineup each game. He hasn't had a solid fifteen, mm. especially from a forwards point of view. He hasn't been happy with their output. Um but taking a, a step back there, like I think Kenny need to mix up in terms of the ball winners. I think if we're lumping high ball down the half hour line, no matter how good TJ and Walsh are, those half backs for Galway love that. They're going to have to work it through the channels at times and mix it up because that's where you can maybe get at Galway a little bit more. You're not going to get a whole lot of change out of high ball. It's probably like Kenny used to be in the half back line back in their glory days, was feeding the high ball down. Kenny absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I think there's going to be, have to be a bit, of a bit of variety there in Kilkenny's game to try and get some change. But it's interesting, Johnny, the point you made about Kilkenny still being competitive in that Galway game. And I'm actually only reading Jackie Turner's book at the moment. Johnny gave it to me well over a year ago. And this is something not against Galway, but when Kilkenny used to get a run on a team, you 
go for goal, 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 as in put him hurling out of their minds is what Jackie Turner yeah. was saying. And Galway didn't do that against Kilkenny and Pierce Stadium. You know, they got out in front, Kilkenny got a goal at the end, had another goal disallowed, got it back to it in a few points, whereas you could argue Kilkenny in their pomp in those situations would have put that Galway team out of sight. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's one thing Galway don't seem to have in the locker okay the Wexford kind of comfortable enough and awfully but like barely got over Dublin got over Kenny but it's interesting to see can they have that that ruthlessness to them yeah that's an interesting point and even going back to the Ireland final last year watching the game you never feared Galway were going to lose the game Mm. But at the end of the day, they won the game by three points. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A- another goal, a for goal, or Kevin Moore putting that point over and it could have put them under pressure. The flip side of that is you look at the forward line, right? Forget about midfield, David Burke and, and, and Johnny Cohen, everyone knows their capability around there. But you look at their forward line, Joe Cooney, Joe Canning and Mannion in the half forward line. Any of them could score eight points from play on any given day. And you look at their full forward line, Connor Whelan. You look at um, Connor Cooney and then whether they decide to start Johnny Glynn or whether they decide to start Con Cannon or whether they decide to start Jason Flynn or whether they decide to start Niall Burke or we can keep going through a whole list of All-Ireland min- winning minor Galway kind of forwards, Aina Burke, David Burke's brother. They've just got so many options and any of them on their day can score one, three or eight points or f- from play. So you kind of say to yourself, if TJ's held, and we've talked about this before, Kenny or Goost, if Joe's held... Well, Joe Cooney might have been. If Joe and Joe Cooney are held when Jesus Manuel will clean up and Conor Cooney will clean up. It's, it's, it's just the abundance of options that they have compared to any other team in the competition gives you the kind of feeling that it has to be Galway's two in a row. That's the thing. And I think depth is yeah. what, what you're getting at there. And look, and I, I would be honest as well, I think Galway would have beaten every team in Munster so far this year. If you just say I'd thrown Galway into that championship, I think... You know what? From what we've seen, Hard to argue with that, yeah. you know what I mean. I think they've been the farm team. They've got that steel to them yeah. and the depth. Like you're looking at the other teams, like looking at even Cork uh, and Clare. They have one or two. And Limerick, yeah. And Limerick, like yeah. they don't have that depth no. that Galway have, and those attacking options, and they have defensive options as well. The only flip side to that now is that Galway were in the Munster Championship for twenty years and they never came over once. Like we just <laughs> we just put that fact on the table. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's what you mean. <laughs> I would be. Fair, we would be. Fair, I think we all would agree that. Galway would be coming out on top of that Munster Championship given their current form and, and the play we've seen. Like I don't yeah. think Galway, if they win on Sunday, would have any fear who comes out of Munster. No. Re- realistically. Yeah. Now that t- tip are gone. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm not arguing Munster versus Leinster here now, but the only thing I'd say on that is, right, let's say Tipperary, you would, everyone would have said Tipperary and Galway were the top two at the start of the yeah. year, right? And that, you know, they would have been the top two and then they would have been dueling it out for the All-Ireland. Tipperary went into their first game against Limerick, who were f- hungry for the game. Galway went into their first game against Offaly. Do you know what I mean? Who came, who came fourth in Division 1B? And I'm, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have won the Munster final, but I'm just saying the Munster Championship, because of the five teams being of equal quality versus the Leinster Championship maybe being three teams plus two teams of lesser quality, just just didn't you challenge Galway in the way it would have challenged the five in, Munster teams. Yeah, you need to go at about 95% capacity from the first round of the Munster compared to the, you know, the, the Leinster yeah. where Galway were probably didn't really have to be going mm. and all, firing in all cylinders. Like. Yeah, yeah. They, they just didn't. like, and, and, and you do have two teams, like Dublin aside, they, they're still not at the quality of Kilkenny, Wexford or Galway. They had, like, we pre- everyone predicted, if you go back to the, our predictor competition, everybody predicted... Galway, Kilkenny, Wexford, Dublin, Offaly, whether you had Wexford and, 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 and Kilkenny in the right positions or not. But then the Munster Championship just threw up a totally different enigma because it's even Watford with half a team drew a Tipperary and nearly beat Cork. And you had 
Limerick, who people didn't think were going to get through, were the best team, and then suddenly they finished third. It's, it, I, I, I take what you say. They could have won the Munster, the Munster Championship. I'll pull it in. It's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Don't get, you know, it's okay. You're getting upset there, Giggles. Now. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not attacking the yeah. integrity no, of the Munster no, Championship. I know I'm not. just saying, yeah. I don't think Galway will fear anyone coming out of Munster. I agree with that point, yeah. And I think Galway are red hot fairs for the All Ireland, never, oh, yeah. never mind Sunday. Correct. But. That's the great thing about this hurling championship. What we've seen so far, we've seen games turn under heads. Yeah. Nine points in hurling, as we know anyway, is no lead, yeah. and we saw, we've seen that in abundance in all the games in both competitions. Yeah. We've seen Kilkenny reel back in Wexford. We've seen Limerick do. We've seen yeah. Clare do. We've seen Waterford do it. Yeah. You know, so I think it. I think it's both games on Sunday are fascinating for different reasons. Um, completely different styles of play in both, and I think. It's interesting talking as well about referencing Jackie's book at the moment about yeah Munster the the, the quality of the hurling will say might be that bit higher, but in Leinster the games physically have, yeah. have been a lot tougher and that's testament even watching those matches yeah. so far. No, I think do a lot of current players do like JJ said that. Yeah, I think one of them. Damien Hayes. Yeah. yeah, like you're looking at Danny Galway game, even though Galway were out, or probably won. By three or four points comfortably, it was the physicality mm. in that game, the Kenny Wexford game, the hits. Oh, you can see you know, that now. And the hurling the monster has been fantastic, but we haven't seen that kind of intensity in terms of that aggression. So you haven't seen a Dahi Burke bury a lad, no. fullback, because maybe we might say the fullbacks haven't been there in Monster Championship, you know, to do that. Like they yeah. mightn't have been in that quality, but so yeah. I think that, and that's what it's going to be brilliant when we see whatever happens on 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 Sunday. We're going to have our we know who'll be in the semi-finals, we know who'll be into the quarters. And we know who's come third, Wexford and Limerick are going to be in the quarters as well. You know, they're going to come through to Joe McDonough. Like those next few games post the Joe McDonough games are going to be brilliant games as well. So even though we're kind of lose, we've lost a little bit of traction on Sunday because the Super 8 is going to be coming up soon. Hurling has had a fantastic run the last probably six to eight weeks. It's been great exposure and they've taken full advantage. I'm diverging a little bit now. But we still have a very exciting championship left in her no matter what happens yeah. on Sunday but it's interesting that there's actually after this weekend there's only five meaningful matches left after the first weekend of July which is again in, it, in itself as we, as we said earlier we've kind of for want of a better phrase shot the load in hurling right? we've got it all up front Jesus whereas the football Christ, the football lads I know yeah you won't like I don't even think I can edit that out but you I have to try <laughs> but the, the, the football the guys are all, are, all, are all coming to their crescendo now with the Super 8s and that's going to be the big thing so it's it's just interesting the way they've designed it and maybe that's on purpose by the GA or maybe it was by accident but but that's the way it's kind of yeah. come to pass. So look, we'll go to predictions before Giggle <laughs> says that and else gets us in trouble. Um, I do mark the, po- the podcast as explicit so I think that that gets us away with that. But um, Giggles was had a liquid lunch. Yeah, he had to have a liquid lunch and no dinner. Um, <laughs> Shani, prediction to Kenny Galway. Ah uh, yeah, look it's definitely Galway. Um, definitely. Definitely Galway. I, 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 can't, I can't see Kenny causing upset but I think they will pull him close. Um, score. If, if, I, was, score if I was a Galway manager, like I'd be saying, you need to make a statement here now. Like I mean, how many times have Kikini like dashed the dreams of Galway in the last couple of years? Like I'd be saying, like you, you gotta set things right here now, and you gotta like we're favourites, you know, we're the stronger team, we're the better players. Like you gotta make a statement here, and I probably, I probably think they, I probably think they'll win by about five or six points. Okay, giggles. I'll go a short-winded answer. Galway by seven. Galway seven. I'm gonna go for a Galway win, but I think it's gonna be less than four. I'm gonna go for a two or three point win for Galway. I, I do think Kenny could even be out in front in the, at this in this game for a, a period of time, and I think I know that Kenny hurling public are 
really looking forward to this one as well. Yeah. They're going up on Sunday. No expectations. Not to lose. Yeah, no expectations. Yeah, yeah. Back in Crow Park, weren't in Crow Park last year. We have a lot of, of those, that new Kilkenny team have might have played Kilkenny underage, but they've never played in Crow Park as senior hurlers. So, you know, it's a lot of excitement for those lads going up yeah. on, on Sunday. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll, I'll be tempted to stay up till three o'clock. So we'll, you will be up till we'll, three o'clock. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So look, we're looking forward to that one. Okay, coming up next, we're going to we're going to wrap up, but we're going to finish up by having a quick look at hashtag Newbridge or Nowhere. I talk to God as much as I talk to Satan cause I want to hear both sides Does that make me cynical? There are no miracles and this is no miraculous life I savor hate as much as I crave love because I'm just a twisted guy is this the pinnacle? Is this the pinnacle? The pinnacle of being alive? Now I see the light. We're going well, lads. But, lads, bring the bit of fucking development into your play the next day now on the tigerish play. The discipline, the tightness, the, 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 the rough and tumble stuff all around the middle of the field, the fucking breaking ball, and a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. A grain of rice will tip the scale. But you'll have to get steely tough upstairs and you must be willing to fucking break your gut. You were fucked over the line twice. Fucked over the line like you'd catch a fucking loaf of bread and fucked you over the line with his shorts up. And what that does is, it lifts the opposition. We don't want to see no West Meat man fucked about. Is that clear now, Alan? No more. You'll have to be closer. Closer to fuck. We'll have to fucking crash into these fellas and test out their fucking pulse. Because I'm telling you lads, these fellas would play good football if they're alone. Give me one fucking guarantee each and every one of you. That you're going to be tighter, that you're going to be more disciplined, that you're going to be more tigerish. And that you're going to take the fucking game to these fellas. That these fellas will get such a fucking shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fucking asses for fucking ten years. Okay, look, we've just had a, a week of events. We obviously were recording the podcast here on Thursday night. The result is Kildare Mayo is in Nace. Oh, sorry, Newbridge. Newbridge. Jesus, hashtag Newbridge and over. I just said that around <laughs> two minutes ago. It is in Newbridge this this weekend. But the debacle we've seen unfold has left the GEA looking very, very ordinary. Yeah. Very, very good county man of mine, Ned Quinn, yeah. heading up to... The quadruple, the quadruple C. Yeah, like I just like on it. You know what I mean? He came out and was an off the ball, and we, we sounded very ignorant. You know what I mean? I just it's just so dis- disappointing the way we've ended up with what should have happened immediately. Yeah, I think I think there's there's two things to this, right? There's first the, the point you made there that the C C C C made an absolute sh- like. All they had to do technically, right? They all need to have fixtures. Can you not ring the Kildare County Board and say, Jesus, what would the reaction be to this if we put it in Crow Park? Yeah. Rather than going and announcing it and totally pissing the county off. But I think for me, the most, um, I suppose, 
thing that I was most proud of from a GA point of view and an old coach of mine, Keane O'Neill, how articulate he was when he was on the RTE News for three minutes was phenomenal. And I even showed it to my partner, Jill, and she was like, Jesus, that's the best I've ever seen a GA person speak in my life because it was so specific. There was no crap behind it. It was to the point, talking about the players. He spoke about the rules. These are the rules you implemented. you got to stick by the rules you implemented. And he just gave the GA nowhere to go, like absolutely nowhere to go. He quoted the rules, he quoted the players, all the things that are important about the GA. He put them on the national broadcaster, gave it to the people. The whole country the rode whole in GA behind Kildare. Yeah. Whether you were a GA community or not, you rode in behind Kildare yeah. because he's made such a, in three minute interview, he made such a specific plea not a plea, but a stance. And I can guarantee you, one, knowing Keane O'Neill, if the game went ahead in Crow Park, Kildare would be togged out in Newbridge. Mayo probably would have went to Crow Park. They would have got the walkover and it would have been a farce. And the GA knew that because yeah. of the three-minute interview that Keane O'Neill gave. So you have to give Keane O'Neill credit. My worry now for Keane O'Neill is that I think Mayo might put 10 points on Kildare at the weekend. That's the, and I, I know that's irrelevant, but... Um, it, it, it was just, it was finally a victory for players or maybe management or a team against maybe the establishment when the establishment has just done something that wasn't right. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing in this is just around fairness. Yeah. Like, is yeah. it the rule? We all know what it was. If you got pulled out first, you're, you're home. Unless you were Division 3 or 4 and you came, you were going to get yeah. the home advantage. So he just stick to that. And what's more farcical about it is the reasoning behind that the GA gave was health and safety concerns. Mm. So that was their big line, even though we knew there was ulterior motives. They kept on that line, kept on that line. And now we're in a situation where the game is on there and health and safety all of a sudden is okay from a GA point of view. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's what's really embarrassing from the GA. Whereas if they'd come out and been honest about it, and look, you know, you, you want to believe when you have an, an organisation like that that they have good intentions, but like... It was just going against everything that anyone wanted. And in fairness to, to Mayo's credit, they stayed kind of silent mm. on it, which was a, a good move from them. And also coming out and saying, oh, if, if Kildare don't fulfil the fixture, they're out of the championship. Yeah. Like, you know, this, you know, draconian way of just coming out and saying, you will do this and you must go yeah. here. Like, it's just, it, the whole thing was handled was just ridiculous. Do, do, you know, do you know what, though? Do, do you said the word there and the word is fairness, right? And, like, I've no doubt in my mind that the CCCC didn't go out to absolutely screw Kildare. They didn't no, do no, that, right? Not. They went to, to do probably what they thought was the best thing for the GA. They, have a, they, have a they probably get to follow as well. Yeah. But, they, but they didn't follow them in this case, right? No, the, but their own but, rules yeah, of, of But they probably, would have, they probably thought 30 to 35,000 is a fair number in Crow Park with a double header with another crowd. Yeah. Beautiful. That would be a brilliant event for the GA. And it would have been, to be fair, like... But at the same time, they just didn't take Kildare into consideration. The human toll on, and as Keane O'Neill said it, a trip to Derry, a trip to Longford from Kildare, which both of them are two to three hour one-way trips, never mind the return back. And then they got their home venue. And we know in the Hurling Championship, not to go on about the Hurling when we're talking about football, but the home draw is so important. It's huge. It's worth six points to a team, and we've seen that in the Hurling. So... um, all it would have taken again is a bit of common sense we know what to say about common sense it's not that common right give the Kildare County Board a call what would you think of this lads yeah. or say look lads our concerns are yeah. health and safety what are you going to do to address that and let them be proactive like they've done yeah. speak to the guards come up with plans to address any concerns that we have and I thought when Ned Quinn peddled the thing around what we're worried about is people turn up without without tickets and there could be some unsavoury behaviour yeah. and I saw on Twitter I can't remember who said now but it was a brilliant quote it's like 
we're talking about Newbridge here, not downtown LA. <laughs> like, you know, as if there was going to be these, like, thousands upon thousands of people yeah. turn up and these riots. The ultras. Yeah, ultras. The Kildare ultras no, and the Mayo no, ultras. Riots on <laughs> the streets. And we all know, we've all been, like, in Ireland finals, especially Mayo, Dublin, Ireland finals, have been sellouts. Yeah. We've had lots of people travel to Dublin on those days without tickets, trying to get tickets. There's never been rows. There's never been fights. No. People, season ticket holders are going to be accommodated. Yeah. There'll be a short supply of tickets. And you might travel on the off chance and you'll just watch on telly. You yeah. know what I mean? It's on telly. Shawnee, you're dying to get in and here. The, and like also, you're just saying that CCC look bad, GA look bad, but also, like, make no mistake about it, what you said, um, in terms of the way he's articulated his comment on the RT News, all that and the country getting behind him. The GPA, the, the, the GPA Players Association was a joke as well, the way they came out. Like, a half-hearted, you know, plea in, in favour of their Players Association. Like, they're pathetic. They've and become they're redundant since they're, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. They're non-existent since. They've become incorporated with oh. the GEA since the last Desi Farrell yeah. probably as well as their main. But if you're a um, union, if you're a union in any walk of life and any walk of business and you become part of the company you're meant to be being neutral for, the whole, you, you become all, redundant. Yeah. So the GPA are redundant. So call a spade a spade. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they still are doing fantastic work if you're an inter-county player to things for education and grants and all that, that stuff is still happening but in terms of advocacy when there's issues yeah. they're hamstrung that's, that's so a nice way to put it yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. think that's, yeah. that's they can't come down too hard on the GA and no. they can't publicly no. criticise the GA like yeah. in too, too harsh a manner but this one thing that not annoyed me about this is that this fed into Joe Brawley's whole mantra around where the GA <laughs> is going yeah the Gales capitalism the new director yeah. general and while some of the points Joe makes are valid this example is just living and breeding everything yeah. he said. Now, yeah, I, 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 and I know Joe's going to make, and he probably did. He has already. already. He's yeah, made he's a humongous thing. I don't think capitalism was part of this. I think that the CCC, Ned Quinn, for all his faults, sat down and thought, Jesus, wouldn't it be great to have a double tether between Tyrone and Cavan and Mayo and Kildare inside in Crow Park? Yeah. There'd be 40,000 at it to be a bit of a crack, and there'd be a good crowd, and it'd be a good spectacle for neutrals. I think that's the rationale they probably had. Now, unfortunately, you've got people in high positions who don't like to admit when they're wrong. Yeah. And it took Ned Quinn and the CCCC about three days to admit they were wrong. But they, at least they admitted it. They did Wouldn't it be a disaster of did, a situation? Did, did I don't, I don't think, think they admitted they, they were wrong. They don't, I don't well, think they did. Technically, right, by changing the fixture back, they've, they've inherently admitted they're wrong. But mm. could you imagine the disaster if they were so strong-headed? And this has happened before across many GA kind of consoles that they're so strong-headed that they stuck with their guns. That would have been the big disaster. Very but you know what the, the very interesting thing, even from kind of an Australian perspective on this, is I don't know if you've been following on Twitter, Jack Anderson... He's a professor and director of sports law at Melbourne Law School, but he's from Ireland. Um, he did a, seri- a Twitter thread basically saying that by law, if this stood and Kildare challenged it, the GA and the, and the quadruple C had a leg to stand on. Hadn't a leg Hadn't a leg to stand on. Yeah. So he's, he's been on off the ball and he's also had an article in the Irish Examiner, which I'm forwarding today. Basically like, yeah, it's great. There's, there's loads of explanations why the GA changed their mind. But basically, he's saying they had no choice. If they had held their guns, it was going to end up in court and they hadn't liked to stand Yeah, up. they would have. Not, not going to go into the twos and fours. You should check out his Twitter feed and also check out... You follow him on What's Twitter. his name again, Liam? Uh, Jack Anderson. He's at Sportslaw Melb is his Twitter handle. And on, in the Irish Examiner today with John Fogarty. And it's a brilliant way of reading it. And I think that the GA probably sought their own legal counsel on it, I'm sure. Look, if we do yeah. stick, what's going to happen if Claire pursue it? They're probably advised, look, lads. 
this is what's going to happen. So that's probably a factor as well. And probably Ned Quinn probably thought it was a football game. You know, and he thought kick any man. It wasn't that important, so he could do what he wanted. Who cares about like who cares about the qualifiers in the football? Really, but I'm I'm glad that like we've seen so often the power has been taken away, whether it's from a club or a county in a decision, and that has a huge impact. And the fact that look, they stuck to their guns and said what they were going to do, like you said, and they were so entrenched in their position that I I reckon they would not have if. Just say legal advice or whoever had stood aside, Kildare wouldn't have turned up. No, they which, wouldn't. Which which no. would have been a disaster for the yeah. GEA. It would have been fascinating to see it actually get to that point, yeah. just from kind of a, a neutral a, point of view. Not, a you curiosity see, perspective. A curiosity yeah. point of view. I'm glad it hasn't. Does it put pressure on Kildare from a performance point of view? Are they probably going to be a bit emotionally drained from the whole thing? I reckon it will have mm. a factor. But then you have only eight thousand in there. Yeah. It'll be a cauldron for for Kildare. The thing with Kil- the thing with Kildare, Darrow Shea put it very well in in his article this week was that Kildare, if they were beaten by Mayo by let's say eight points, which everyone expects them to happen this weekend, would have been a disaster of a year for Keane O'Neill. They, they did. They got relegated. They beat Derry and Longford, and they were beaten by Mayo by eight points. Now at least, right, regardless of what result is, Keane O'Neill is the man that took on the GA and won. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> From a personality, from a celebrity, whatever, building your own brand perspective, Keane O'Neill is a hero for this year, no matter yeah. what happens on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely one of the final moments in the GEA this year, but if not, probably it could be for this decade to see yeah. how that impacts that power relationship between county boards, GEA administration, and something that's going to definitely come the fallout of this year, especially in relation to the hurling. I know from speaking to, to, to the boys at home, Michael Kenny, the club situation we won't talk about here today is a disaster at the mm. moment. Both in Kilkenny, Cork, and, and all the hurling counties at the moment because simply no games, competitive games, are being played of any stature. And we've, I know, for, for instance, Dixborough, my own club, have played one competitive hurling league game, which, which the county players play in, and they've been back training since January, and now mm. we're in July. And no matter what happens, Kilkenny on Sunday, there won't be another game played in Kilkenny till August. You know what I mean? So it's po- like Cork County Championship every year. Yeah. Well, but the Cork League doesn't matter. Has no bearing on the championship. No, no. Where in Kilkenny it does. So what I'm saying is, as a club player now, we've had this amazing inter-county spectacle of yeah. hurling. It's been brilliant as a, a follow of any county for a club player. Absolute nightmare. Anyway, we'll, we'll touch on that another day. But look, great win for Kildare. They haven't won a game yet, but a great victory anyway <laughs> from an administration point of view. I remember waking up every morning, first thing I was doing, waking up the last few mornings, straight onto the score. Sorry, I heard 42. Has it been overturned? What has yeah, happened? Yeah. Refreshing <laughs> the Twitter feed. And it's only this morning, or whatever yeah. it was, late last night, it's broke that. It's fine. Actually, it was on the tram this morning, and the news was coming through that I had the word, there was going to report that it was changing. Yeah. So it's been a fascinating one to follow for the last few days. And uh, good on Keane O'Neill and, and Kildare. Shawnee's wrapping things up here. He wants to go home. He has to go up for the gym in the morning. Shawnee, what time do you have to get up if you want to go to the gym in the morning? Half five. Oh, Jesus. He's a man, isn't he? Yeah, I won't be up at that time. Look, fair play to you, Sean. Anyway, thanks for coming along and hanging in there. No, oh, brother. Thanks for <laughs> um, tea. Tea and I had three different types of biscuits. Giggles out of them all. We didn't open the third box. No. No. They're still there for they're tomorrow. St- they're still there for me for <laughs> tomorrow. So, look, thanks very much, Giggles, for coming along. Good to be here, Liam. Definitely the best stress out of three of us tonight. Oh, yeah. Put out a doubt. Gone doubt. Yeah, Shawnee, thanks very much for hanging in there t- for the last few minutes. No problem. Yeah, you're on the phone there. And, um, look, today's episode was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Next week, we will be sporting our new G.A. O'Neill's range. 
So stay tuned on Twitter and Instagram at Winter 2018. Winter 2018 edition. <laughs> summer edition in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, at G-A on Twitter, at G-A on Instagram and G-A at gmail.com. Thanks very much for tuning in and we'll speak with you soon. Bye.